Hey everybody and welcome back to the Off The Key Podcast. I'm your host Mac and today I'm joined by my two regular co-hosts, Garrett yeah, and James. What's up? And today we'll be talking about the 2013 album from Kid Cudi known as IndieCud. This was actually Garrett's pick and I'm very curious as to why he picked this album because frankly... It's garbage. It's not great. Can you please explain, Garrett? <laughs> because we needed an album that we don't just shine its proverbial sword. We need some form of discourse. And what better way to do that than an absolute dumpster fire of a performance <laughs> by Kid Cut? But also, and we'll get into this, is that the album is, in my opinion, held back by the creator of it. And I, every other thing besides him is really good. Well, yeah, Cuddy handled most of the production on this album, and it's great. I mean, the, the album has fantastic production, but uh, Cuddy himself, man, he, he, a lot of his weaknesses as an artist are displayed on this album. He's really doing the, I was going to say he's doing the Bob Dylan maneuver, but I don't want to disrespect Bob Dylan, but yeah, kind of like where he, he writes... <laughs> And then, like, someone just goes and, like, knocks it out of the park, except for Cuddy didn't really have, was like, oh, I'm going to do it myself. It doesn't really have anyone to, like, do his ideas for him. He's, like, a great writer. Very creative guy. He should not be putting these ideas to paper. Like, he should not be the one rapping. His rapping is literally some of the worst I've heard. How how have you put it before, Mac? Like all creativity, no talent. Yeah, so Kid Cudi is a prime example of somebody who is extremely creative, very forward-thinking, incredibly influential, but not very talented. In sports, he would be the the Steve Smith or the Tom Brady. You know, they don't have super athleticism; they have to work for everything they have, except for. He could he didn't really put in that work and, and refine his and polish his talent, so it just is just does not translate, and his raps are garbage. With that being said, before we get too far into the review, I do want to kind of give an overview of Kid Cudi as a rapper and an artist before we get into things. So, Scott Muscutty, aka Kid Cudi, aka Mr. Rager, aka Mr. Rager, aka Mr. Man on the Moon is a Cleveland, Ohio-based rapper, singer, songwriter, producer, and actor who has garnered impressive mainstream success throughout his career while also having a large influence on many major hip-hop acts from the 2010s and to even the present day. Have any of y'all guys seen his movie? I've seen, have you seen the ads about it? I didn't oh, even know. Oh, uh, Intergalactic? I didn't even know about no, it. No, like the new, like, it's like a horror movie or something that he's in. I've seen a lot of ads for it on YouTube in like this past few months. But yeah, he's in like some kind of horror movie or something that I've seen. Yeah, he actually has some uh, pretty shocking acting uh, credits. He was most recently in uh, 2021's Don't Look Up. Interesting. I did not know that. I have not seen that movie. He was mainly a side character. He was like this uh, pretend rap star that was dating another pop star in in the movie Cuddy actually does have some pretty decent acting chops I honestly kind of hope that he pursues that and is, finds success with it and then only does music stuff as like kind of like a highlight or like as a partner like either in like Kids See Ghost or on like features because 
I feel like he has really lost it as a complete like solo artist. It's funny that you mentioned that because I actually thought uh, Man on the Moon 3, his 2020 album, was pretty solid. I actually liked it more than uh, Man on the Moon 2. I've heard bits from it, but I have not listened to the whole thing. We might talk about it on the channel. Who knows? I, I went back and listened to Cuddy's discography to kind of get an idea and, you know, context of where he was during Indie Cud and just kind of like how he evolved. And uh, Man on the Moon really feels like a return to form, Man on the Moon 3. And I think Cuddy has finally realized that he needs to kind of stay in his lane. Yeah, I feel like he has gone... He's, he's being too experimental, but he has just went from z- zero to 100. He has not put his foot in the water, so to speak. Yeah, Cuddy's had a lot of very, very popular highs and very good highs, but also some of the worst material I've ever heard. Yeah, and it's it almost doesn't feel fair to give him these scores because it's not like someone that's just a shill where they're just putting it out there like Machine Gun Kelly, like, oh, I'm just going to put this out there, you know, bring back this movement, cash a check. He's actually, he has some passion for his, yeah, yeah, for his stuff. And so it kind of fa- feels unfair, but I mean, this is what he's putting out there, you know, so it's, we can only critique it. And we know we've seen what he can do and it, there's so much potential. And that's what hurts. Yeah. I can respect that Cuddy is not afraid to branch out and try new things and continue to innovate and be creative, but it oftentimes falls flat. Um, and IndieCut is a pretty good example of that. Now, regardless of all of that, Cuddy has remained a massive influence on many hip-hop artists of the past, like, 10, even 20 years, going so far as guys like, you know, Kanye West, Travis Scott, Kendrick Lamar, Schoolboy Q, Chance the Rapper, ASAP Rocky, Logic, Kevin Abstract, Denzel Curry. These guys have all cited him as major influences on their work. And Cuddy is really along with Kanye West, part of that modern 2010s wave of melodic rap music. And he really was one of the pioneers of it. And on that front, you can at least give him props because even if he's not the best in the game or really consistent hip-hop artist in general, he has had his, his net of influence is wide-reaching. Sometimes that happens with artists. They, they create something new they blaze a trail and while they may not necessarily be the best at executing it themselves they lay the foundation for other artists to pick up where he you know left off exactly couldn't have said it better myself you can see that i mean cuddy has worked with kanye west closely for the past almost 15 years at this point kanye west even cited cuddy as the main inspiration for his uh, fourth studio album 808s and heartbreaks and for Kanye, that was a huge departure from his normal uh, rap style at this that This is point. a top three Kanye album for me. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. And like that, along with Man on the Moon, really paved the way for the, the modern, melodic uh, rap music, hook-oriented rap music of today. And in that regard, I can respect Cuddy quite a bit. We may be bagging on him already, but like you said, James, he, he was a trailblazer. He's one of the originals as far as that whole melodic hook-oriented rap wave goes. He's an artist. You can't really question his integrity. Yeah, exactly. You know, he, you have to appreciate what he's done. 
I mean, you don't have to, but if you're really trying to appreciate music and its progression through history, you really need to look at the things that they're trying to do, not necessarily from a subjective point of view, like a, a quality point of view, but you have to look at it as music as a whole progressing and these certain artists that create foundations for, su- for things like this. And I understand why people gravitate to Cuddy. He is a pretty genuine guy, and he really cares about making music that his fans can find inspiring and relatable. You know, a lot of his song subjects uh, talk about, you know, like drug addiction and his battle with depression, alcoholism, and, you know, dealing with personal self-doubt and trying to empower yourself and break out of that. And also making like these somewhat positive anthemic stoner songs that a lot of his fan base gravitates towards. Kid Cudi music in a nutshell is when you go to a party and you're either drinking a lot or you're smoking a lot and you're just riding that high and you're having a great time. And then you move to like another location and in like the car, you just didn't have any of whatever substance you were taking and it kind of wears off and you get to this, like, you know, you get to another person's house and you're just in the corner and like all of the stuff that you've been just like bottled that has been suppressed is like coming back. And you're just like, wow, I'm depressed in the club right now. That's Kid Cudi's music in yeah. a nutshell. Yeah, in a nutshell, pretty much. He's even gone as so far as to say, um, and I quote, my mission statement since day one, all I wanted to do was help kids not feel alone and stop committing suicide. And I think that's reflected in a lot of his music. You know, he, he tries to make these uplifting and uh, positive and anthemic songs that people like him and people that relate to his music can get behind. And that's, it's not a bad intention. It's not a bad statement. It's clear that he cares. Also very introspective too. Incredibly introspective. You know, even if Cuddy is not the best at writing and expressing himself in a really interesting and lyrical way, it's always relatable and it's always, it always feels authentic. And in fact, in my opinion, one of the contributing reasons that this album and Passion, Pain, and Demon Slang, one of his later albums, suffers the most is because this introspective balance between like a party vibe and like dealing with those like inner demons and inner struggles, that kind of introspective writing is almost gone from those two albums. Like that, this, this album doesn't really, this album is much more like straightforward party, braggadocious, having a good time. It does not have those things mm -hmm. that man on the man one and two had. And lyrically this album suffers because of it. Yeah. I was going to say like, I hear what you guys are saying, but from this album, I did not get that at all. Like, authenticity, it was none of that. Yeah. It was all just this chaotic, like, party music album to me. Yeah, and it, it brushes over a lot of the same topics that Cuddy is known for. You know, oh, fuck the haters, I'm going to do my own thing. Uh, I love smoking, it's a part of me. I'm going to brush off all of this negative negativity and criticism and... And just become and do me. Yeah. That's really like the core of this album and the core of a lot of Cuddy's music. While the production is very unique and very creative and interesting, Cuddy himself, like you said, Garrett, really brings the whole project down. If you were to take out all of Kid Cuddy's 
vocals on the verses of every song, but you left in his hooks, and you to, you were to replace di- different verses by different top five, heck, even top ten rappers in the game, like Freddie Gibbs, Pusha T, Kendrick, who's already on this album already, uh, ASAP, any of these top five to top ten rappers in the game, this album, I am fir- firmly convinced, could be an eight or even higher. If it was his, all his work was just on the beats and the hooks, and you had other rappers doing all of his verses. Yeah, Cuddy seems to succeed more as like a background guy and a hook guy, and he even uh, he even addresses that on a couple of songs on this album. Actually, this album. The reason I picked this album is that it's unique in that a half of what the artist contributed to this album is stellar, and the other half is complete crap. Of like, I enjoy the beats a lot, and I see the potential of this album, but it's like in spite of the man that wrote it. It's interesting that his early history is tied into Kanye so much because Kanye suffers through that same thing as well. It's so interesting how their like arcs have almost the same kind of modus operandi. Like parallels. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Kanye, like you can say the same thing about Kanye over the years. Like Jesus. I feel that way about Jesus and Life of Pablo. I now I actually did a uh, deep dive of Kanye's discography recently because of his relation to Kid Cudi and everything and how tightly they work together. And uh Cudi actually has appeared on every Kanye West album since I believe Donda. Well, well, up to Donda. Kanye's later material suffers from a lot of the same problems. Like Jesus, the production on that album is incredible. I think the production of Life of Pablo, to me, if you were just, if I had to listen to all of Kanye's albums without his vocals, my two favorites out of all those would be 808s and Life of Pablo's number two. We should probably get into the album, uh, but I did want to mention its kind of release. So, uh, Indie Cud is Kid Cudi's third studio album, and it was released on April 16th, 2013, via Good Music, Wicked Awesome Records, and Republic Records. So, Cudi has been on the Good Music label for quite some time. Now, he left in 2013, right after this album released, but he has continued to work with Kanye up until now. He felt that he wanted to go in a different direction and he always felt like an outcast in the good music label. You know, you had acts like Pusha T, uh, who else was there at the time? Common, John Legend. He felt he didn't fit with the label and he even addresses that on a song here. Which is ironic because if he would just put his, his differences aside, they would have elevated his album far beyond what he could have done himself. At some point when you're working around people, you just need to say, you know what? I might not agree with what they do, but let me just let them put it down. Put away that ego. Yeah. One interesting thing. So I was looking back at the time of this album's release cycle, and I noticed a couple of tweets that Cuddy made. He said that when he announced the album, he claimed it would be his version of Dr. Dre's 2001. And he quoted on Twitter, he said, my album, my new album is entitled IndieCud. It will be my version of the Chronic 2001. Some songs I'll produce, others I'll feature or play songwriter. The title IndieCud is a play on the words, 
or the putative species of the genus Cannabis Indica and Cuddy's own name. I think that's clever. I it's like clever. That name, yeah. But I really don't see too many parallels to Dr. Dre's 2001. Yeah, they're both kind of about like, you know, smonking. I mean, the 2001 cover literally has a marijuana leaf on it, and it is a, a bit of a stylistic departure for Dr. Dre. Now, you said, now I know nothing about Dr. Dre, so what album is this in relation to The Chronic? Or are they the same thing? It's his second studio album. So it was The Chronic first and then 2001 was the second? Yes. Okay. I just wanted to frame that into... Yeah, the, uh, Dr. Dre's 2001 came out in 1999. It had um, a lot of big hits from him. Um, but with that being said, Indie Cut is a noticeable departure from Kid Cudi's early work. Uh, he stated in an interview with um, Billboard in 2014, I always try to push myself to the next level with everything I do. Since I've been in the business, critics have known that about me. When I started working on IndieCut, I just wanted to bring more energy into my sound. Most of my old music was driven towards relaxed, chilled out smoke music, and that was my goal first coming in. Now it's like, what side of me that people haven't seen? The only time people have seen me on uptempos is remixes or some shit. So I just wanted to take the energy to the next level. That ultimately inspired the subject matter. It was a chain reaction. With the tempos came more positive lyrics. It's just brighten up and shit. And I think that's very much the case for Indie Cud. Because a lot of these songs, it does feel like Cuddy is trying to make more high tempo, like party, stoner anthems. And give this sense of empowerment that isn't really there on his older material. Like, it's a strong stylistic departure. It's funny, though, that while that is the case, the interlude and the beginning and end of this song are very dark, very kind of, almost kind of creepy. Very spacey. I th- I think afterwards is a very, like, those the instrumentals for that song, the beat, is, is, is very, it's kind of creepy. Very ethereal. It's ethereal. I don't. I, I don't know about creepy. I'd call it more of like a like a proper like house or EDM track. Yeah. Well, and it's just kind of it's so just dark and empty. It's. I think it's the resurrection of Scott Muscat. Is that the opening? Yeah. Is that yeah. the one that has the uh, kind of like the crickets and kind of nighttime sounds? Yes. Yeah. 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 It's just all very you know juxtaposed with the rec- with the rest of the the album i found that interesting yeah like uh a lot of noticed a lot of this album has a very strong like industrial production style like a lot of really aggressive synths and uh metallic drum beats um and it's really up tempo it's almost like aggressive but still high energy which is it's 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 good it's interesting like a lot of the production on this album is excellent and really creative and that's why it just it's like a slap in the face when you hear Cuddy like dumpster most of these songs. Yeah. So I think the resurrection of Scott Muscat is that, that whole kind of, cause it, it throws you off. You're thinking that, Oh, here comes man on the moon three. You know, it's kind of getting that nighttime, that hazy kind of relaxed vibe, kind of dark vibe. And then it just goes right into unfuckwittable. I'm just, I was like, Whoa, okay. Yeah, uh, the the opening, the uh, Macaulay Culkin opening from The Good Son, that was uh, 
it was a little inspirational, you know? Yeah. yeah. But, uh. And then he made a new word. <laughs> Unfuckwittable. <laughs> yes. Now, I do think the song is pretty dumb. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I think overall it is a decent track. It's okay. You know, it's got a good hook. You know, it's very empowering. It's got these really aggressive and bouncy synths and, you know, those robotic drum beats. If I remember correctly, that song has actually a few guitar licks on it. You can tell that his time spent with with Ratatat really inspired him because he kind of wanted to, he's kind of like, man, how can I do more of that? But like not, I kind of want to make it my own. And he tried, but it's like, man, you know, Ratatat had a really unique sound and... Oh yeah, Ratatat's actually pretty fantastic. Uh, my girlfriend actually turned me on to Ratatat. That one album, Loud Pipes, is a is it called Loud Pipes? Is it? Some so. pipes is a that's a banger. I also really enjoyed uh, LP4. Yeah, and so you can tell he was kind of inspired by that. Kind of want to bring that back a little bit through his next albums. But I overall, the first two songs on this album start off. Fairly well. Yeah, they start off fine, you know. Unfuckwittable, it's like this empowerment anthem, you know. He's he's looking for positive vibes only and brushing off the haters, which is a pretty consistent theme throughout the album. I mean, it's yeah. fine. I do think it's a little bit silly, though, like yeah. the whole unfuckwittable thing. I mean, I know he's trying to make a play. I'm like, oh, I'm unforgettable. You can't touch me. Like, I don't know. I think there are better hooks on the album. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that's why I think it's a decent setup. And then, man, the next two songs freaking flop so hard. Um, just what I am. I actually, I actually like just what I am. What are you guys talking about? Well, I was, I was mostly referencing like Young Lady. I do not like oh, that yeah. song. Oh, yeah. Young, I'm young honestly, Lady is trash. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Father John Misty. So I think that along with some like King Chip lines, I think that's the one of the worst features on the album. Now, just what I am, the main thing I like about it is definitely the hook. Oh yeah, definitely. And uh, I kind of like how it plays on uh the uh it's it plays on a Bible verse, uh Exodus 3:14, um where God tells Moses, "I am who I am." And they're kind of like using that as you know, justification to say like, you know, God made me this way and I love yeah. to smoke, so yeah, I'm not changing for you people. Yeah. What what's wrong with that? You know, I'm I'm okay the way I am, and I, I kind of like that. You know, it's a bit of a stoner anthem, but also a little immature, I would say. Very immature, but <laughs> you know, that's kind of the point. You know, it's going for the more that lighthearted, like party banger style, and I think just what I am accomplishes that. But yeah, King Chip definitely has some mediocre verses on this album, and he's yeah. featured several times. Yeah, Young Lady, not good. It's yeah. one of the worst songs here. Yeah, I think it's a. Bottom three, bottom four song for me. It's just not good. It's very what um, John Misty brings to the table just does not fit at all. It's really weak, um, and it even has. It's probably got one of the weaker instrumentals on the track too. So that doesn't really help it yeah. at all. This is where we also, start to see like oof. if you're like listening for the first time. I mean, you know, the vibes and like some of the lyrics are kind of like okay, it's kind of you know, it's silly, but you know, this is kind of like some decent party music but then oh you're starting to a young lady comes in and you're just like wait a minute now we're going to places that we should not be <laughs> it's it's low-key kind of creepy um yeah it's about like Cuddy's like bad vibes secret admiration for this uh woman who he's never told about or like interacted with and uh he later revealed that the song was about emma watson <laughs> 
So <laughs> what? So, dude, no, I'm dead serious. Uh, he tweeted about it because uh, there was a lot of speculation and like, who is this about? Uh, and and he admitted it was Emma Watson. Did she respond? I, I don't know. I didn't check. <laughs> I would it. hope not. For and both. there is a interesting story behind the collaboration because like. Father John Misty is the last person I would expect to oh, be yeah. on a Kid Cudi album. Uh, Kid Cudi actually was at a boutique in Hollywood, and a friend of John Misty's was playing one of his vinyls in their shop. And Cudi walked up and asked the shop owner who the artist was and what the song was. And like the next day or something like that, Cudi had sampled um, the track Hollywood Forever Cemetery Sings and emailed john misty's management about sampling it it goes to show you that if you have connections you can really get things done quickly in the music side you'd be surprised how many stories start by someone calling another person their management up saying hey i like your stuff you want to work together and then they just send the stuff and it gets done in like a 48 hour period and you're like man did they just make a song like, I know they got to, like, still kind of put it together and polish it. But I was like, did they just make a song in, like, 48 hours? Like, what? Well, yeah. Like, like, and they're, uh, like, they didn't even meet each other? Like, crazy. No, they did meet, but it was only for one day. And all John yeah. Misty did was do some uh, backing vocals. But he mentioned that uh, him and Cuddy just, like, tripped on acid in their studio oh, for the day. Oh, definitely. You know, they were just blazed. But also, I'm starting to see kind of, like, and I don't want to say, I, I definitely do not want to give him or anyone that much credit that there's, like, an alternate like you know story or something but what i noticed is that it's almost like a story of like like a college guy that really like t- is really kind of like dumb just kind of takes advantage of people and it's almost like he's some of those songs like young lady and afterwards there's like almost like sinister like motives behind it but it's almost like a young college frat guy just like he's just gonna do whatever and he's just like gonna, this this hedonistic yes he's college just gonna, frat guy you know, just doing whatever he wants yeah no, I, I kind of, you definitely get some vibes yeah. of that. And he's always kind of like, you know, he's creeping on women. He's like, oh yeah, you, you and your friends, oh yeah, we're going to go back, back to my place. So whatever happens, happens. And you know, it kind of gives that, that vibe throughout. And I don't think that that was intentional, but it's a nice little like thing that kind of unintentionally happened. You have, there's hints everywhere of just like, of so- social, I guess, unaware. Delinquency. Yeah, unawareness, where it's kind of like. Well, I mean, Cuddy is always wrapped from the perspective of an outcast, so it kind of makes sense. Um, and you do get hints of that, but also there's a lot of, like, empowerment anthems, like, fuck the hater anthems, and I'm going to smoke and, and do my thing. It just and, has uh, a vibe of, like, someone that could, un- like, do bad things without, like, unintentionally, just because they're so caught up in trying to hype up themselves and just do whatever they you know, feel like and do whatever that feels good to them that they might end up like, you know, doing some questionable things like, yeah. you, know, you know, taking advantage of a woman or just getting just so plastered that they, you know, they hurt themselves. You know, it's almost like someone that's just so caught up in trying to fix their self-esteem that they're just blind to just whatever's going on. Yeah. That's an interesting take. I, I, I got hints of that, but I didn't really uh, like, interpret it that way but that is that is an interesting perspective on the album now king wizard i'm i do not care for this track i this song will blow out some speakers this song's bass goes hard this is one of my favorite instrumentals on the track yeah he sucks on it but honestly i just turn up and just let that 
bass is drown out everything. Oh, yeah. The, the bouncy, like, bass lines. Yep. Yeah, it's definitely just I like the hook full-on instrumental on this. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah, and the, the chorus is really long. It's actually, I mean, besides Day <laughs> and Night, obviously, this is the first, the second song I ever heard by Kid Cudi. The second song? Yeah. Wow. Like, ever. I heard this at a club somewhere, and they were just playing, or at, like, a house party, and they were just blaring it, like, with the... Big like a big subwoofer, and I was just like, "Wow, that slaps!" It's because of the bass. Oh yeah, it's all that. Oh, bass. that instrumental yeah. carries this song. See, I think it's, it's. I think it's okay. I'd say it's. It's mid, but man, that instrumental is great. I love see, it. the thing that kills me about this track is not only is the vocal performance very mediocre. You know, a lot of Cuddy's vocals are very monotone, not very dynamic, just kind of like this talk singing thing. The instrumental, it just drags. Like, the song ends at, like, the three-minute mark, and then the beat goes on for, like, another minute and 45 seconds, and I'm like, can we just move on to the next track? Like, I know the beat's cool, and, like, I guess he's trying to accomplish, like, vibes. Yeah, again, this is a party album. It's, It's made to be, like, he's just making a bunch of beats for clubs and parties and house parties and shit. That's That's most of what I'm getting from this. Yeah. Songs that go on for too long is definitely a complaint. However, it's not as big of a complaint as I used to think it was because if it's it's entirely skippable, it's not as bad as something like that either the song is just completely bad or there's like a part that isn't good that you just have to sit through, but it's just, and on to the next one. It's like, I can cut that half off. Like if it was a part in the middle that I was like, okay, I can't, or, you know, I have to either listen to it or just skip it entirely. That would be a little different, but it's just like, if I can just cut that end of that off, it's not a, as big a deal. That's why I don't really give it as much. That's why I don't really give afterwards a whole, I mean, I, yes, that is a problem is way too long, but I don't really give it all that much because when I'm done with it, I can just, Skip it. Me getting tired of a song has never really been all that much of a bother to me personally because of that. I see what you're saying, but the fact that you have to skip it at all is a problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's where my issue lies is like, you know, after the song is done in the second half, like, why are you still here? The fact that I had to skip almost half of the song to move on because it doesn't go anywhere to me. That is just egregious. Like that, it's that bad is, songwriting. That is bad songwriting. That's bad structure. That is bad pacing. And it doesn't really do the song any favors other than like, you know, having it in the background and just kind of like vibing away. The, the goal you should have when writing a song is to make it as accessible and enjoyable as possible. The entire song. If, if someone has to skip the song or part of the song, to enjoy it, then it's it's not a good then song. That's a problem. That's a bad song. <laughs> it's not a good however, song. However, if I if I ascribed to that mindset, I probably would not like prog rock. Almost at, like my my love for prog rock would be like cut in half. Is there is a lot of parts and long songs that I skip, but because that's, there's that one section of song that makes it worth it, then I'll listen to that. And that's the same way with my appreciation for Cuddy, you know, at least for this album. Now, I don't now, I mean, spoiler alert, I'm not going to give this album anything like high at all, but 
just because it has like a certain part in it I like, I will not write the song off and call it bad. I, I get what you're saying, and that does plague a lot of this album, unfortunately. But not Immortals. Um, Immortals is actually my favorite song, one of my favorite songs on this album. Uh, the the beat is awesome. Like it's a it's a reverse of uh, MGMT's Congratulation uh, with some added percussion. Now it is another kind of empowerment anthem, kind of like King Wizard, uh, but this one has a lot more energy from Cuddy. Like the the energy that was really needed on King Wizard, in my opinion, is here on Immortals, and you know it's a lot more positive it's a lot more uplifting and and strong and the beat is fantastic yeah it's one of the strong points of the album for sure it's one of those beats that i've that i enjoyed very much because it's very it's kind of it's a little unorthodox yeah yeah it's one of the most unique beats on the entire album very creative instrumental and in the genre in general you don't often hear something like this i can name a few beats actually uh, lust does something similar uh, by Kendrick Lamar. One of the most industrial songs on the record as far as beats go. This is the one, if I'm not mistaken, that has the Billy Madison. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah. smartest man alive. Very great inclusion. Although I think as a while I do like the hook. This is where you start to get flashes of him actually trying to like sing. And it's not good. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, I like Immortals, but even like on Young Lady. Cuddy's vocals are not great. He is often monotone, uh, often off-key sometimes, like especially on Young Lady. He is so off-key on that song, it's ridiculous. This is the first album where he does not walk the line. Man on the Moon 1 and 2, he perfectly walked the line of that... Like rap singing style. Yeah, that just kind of rap singing and just kind of like... this kind of herky-jerky, like stumbling through the words, but it worked... And this is the album that he goes on one side where it, into complete rapping and onto the other side of like actually full on singing. And both are terrible. Do not deliver. Just walk the, like, like Johnny Cash said, walk the line, like walk that line, walk the line like Dewey Cox and do just, you stay on that line and God forbid Kid Cudi do not get off of it. Cause mm. You get stuff like, uh, it's not the next song, it's the song after that, but like Girls and, oof. Is that the worst hook he's ever written? Girls? Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the worst. Easily. I see pretty girls everywhere, everywhere I go. go. <laughs> so many colors and sizes. <laughs> it's My pretty God. <laughs> dude, Please also, just stop. <laughs> dude, the too short feature is awful. Bad. Oh, it's yeah. straight up it's bad. bad. There is not a single clever line or hook. It's like, and he's also using that like typical like pop rap feature flow. You know what I'm talking about? Really simple, really easy to digest. You know, all the one liners and, and verses are not very clever. I mean, there's some rhyme schemes, but it's, man, it, it's, it sounds like he's fo- like two shorts phone and get in hard on this one. I hate this song the most out of any song on any album we've ever done. <laughs> so far on yeah. the show and I'll tell you why because Likewise. it's like a song it's like when those um, it's like when those really bad pop songs like by like Megan Trainer or like something like that it's just Dude, so you right? hear it and yeah. it's so bad but then it gets stuck in your head and it just won't leave yep. yeah. and you're just like this is just just catchy enough to stay with you 
like I know like the I've only listened to this song like a time or two and I know like the entire chorus and I don't think I'll ever forget it. Like I'll have grandchildren and I'll be singing to them. I see pretty girls everywhere I go. And that's yeah. why I hate this song. That's why this is my least favorite <laughs> song on the album. It's not really of much substance either, even for like a party anthem. It's literally just like, yo, there are so many different colors and shapes and sizes of women that I see, and I can't wait to dive into this female buffet. This this song can be summed up in three words. I love women. Yeah, basically. Women. And it's like, it's not even, I bet he thought when he was writing it, it's like, you know what? So many types of girls that I'm, it's going to be appreciative and it's going to be something positive to add. And it's just like, no, no, it's just so misguided. Yeah, like, and there's <laughs> so nothing bad. like there's nothing wrong with like making an anthem like that, but it it there's no like clever one liners, there's no clever songwriting. The hook is memorable but really annoying and bad, and it's not it's not even really like a good "I Love Women" anthem. It's it's memorable because it's annoying. Yeah, it's like the college guy that sees a hot girl come out of a class and she's in like political science so he or something so he starts like reading up on all these topics that are so out of the you know breath of what he knows and then he comes and he hits on her like oh man you know all this knowledge and like you ever read Karl Marx you know <laughs> it's, just like, it's kind of what it is where like, he thinks yeah. that he's like like oh man I'm gonna write this you know it's like one of the, or a guy that like takes like a like a feminine studies class but is just like an absolute bonehead just to impress women. And then he's like, like, oh, I see pretty girls everywhere I go. So many colors and sizes, man. It's like PC principal in South Park. (laughs) He's just, the whole thing is you're just being politically correct and shit just to smash puss. Yeah, that's what this song feels like. It is so shallow, even for... Kid Cudi. Yeah, even in context of all the rest of like the shallow party anthems, that is just, man... This gets my sticker for the worst song on the album, and yeah, I mean it's, it's definitely down there. There are some. I th- I mean I think that um, young lady. I don't know why. For, see, it's so unforget. It's so it's definitely fuckwittable in the fact that I'm literally forgetting the songs. Like, and I've just looked at them. But that and Matt <laughs> Solar are definitely in the running for like worst songs on this record. Man, Matt, dude, Matt Solar is bad. Terrible. It's really bad. But we just I can't skip stand over. it. A bright spot on this album, yeah. Um, Solo Dolo Part Two, which is I think yes. is a top two song on this album. Yeah, no, Kendrick. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because of Kendrick Lamar. Oh, he, yeah. steal, he steals the show. Oh right? man, his back was hurting. They had to rub some icy hot on <laughs> yeah. his ass. Yeah, no, he he carried this track. He was he was the main a, a, event. Like yeah, cor- that doubt. chorus is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's it's this like really cheeky double entendre. I I got it here. It's um, come now, come come now, last call. Who wants some? It's just me, two bitches, and dirty drums. Two lips to kiss, 22 mother nuns. God bless my tongue, I need it for life. Awkward like cartlight, twiddling, twiddling my thumbs, pondering my next accomplishments. It's condescending to say I won. Two lips, you kiss my ass tonight, huh? Right. Very clever. That, that's very, why, very clever. That's why he's legendary. Like, he, he knocks this one out I'm, of the park. I'm his, glad. his verse, too, is fantastic. Yeah. I'm glad he didn't phone it in on this one, unlike some of the other features he's done. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he definitely didn't phone it in on this one. There was one bar that I thought was, like, very clever. It was uh, from his verse. It was, you wish, you wish me well. I wish you hell. Eternity, no such thing mm-hmm. as time will tell. And I was like, ooh. Yeah. Ooh, great that, that, is a, mm-hmm. that is a hot bar. However, I felt like 
in the context of Solo Dolo 1 and 2, Solo Dolo 1 is kind of like, that definitely is the epitome of that dark, like, introspection. Oh, yeah. And Solo Dolo 2 is kind of like really different. And I know this is probably a hot take, because I know Kendrick kills it, and I do love him to death, but... I love so I like still like Solo Dolo One for Man on the Moon One better. Oh yeah. Um, I mean that Manahan Street Band. The the Kanye yeah, production just, on that is just unmatched. Is killer. Now okay, one thing I will say that is really funny retroactively the uh, Will Smith line. Did you guys notice that? Mm-mm. So uh, there was a verse from Cuddy's uh, side that was uh. Me and Chip reflect on all the hate and jibber jabber. Mm, you almost got me, but sucker, I'm not a sucker. Better get on back, you pussy motherfuckers. Get the Will Smith smack. Oh yeah, I did. I do remember that when I first heard it. I was like, "That's he predicted the future." Dude, it's retroactively funny. Now I looked into it, but at the time, uh, yeah, what is that a reference to? So it was in 20, 2012 or twenty thirteen. But uh, Will Smith reacted aggressively to an interviewer trying to kiss him and he smacked her on the face. And <laughs> how do I not know this? So he's had practice so before. Had- <laughs> I, did not know, I did not know about this. I know I did not know. How have I not heard that? Well, yeah, no, I was looking it up because I was like, there's got to be context for well, this. But honestly, in the early 2000s, his PR guys were working because uh, like now that some, like some stuff, like little tiffs he's gone into have come up that I have heard nothing about. In the early, in like the two thousands decade, his PR team were working overtime on him. Solo Dolo was definitely a highlight, um, but I do agree that part one is much better. You know, we we went over girls in you know New York City Rage Fest. That's, I mean, it's fine. It's just an EDM interlude. Yeah, it was a decent interlude. It's solid. Yeah. You know, I I could see it being on like a like a EDM party playlist. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that leads into uh, Red Eye, which might First as well be a Heim track. I know. Yeah, I it's lo- best. I so best song on the album. Yeah, for it's, sure. It's basically like the stoner pop anthem about fighting your personal demons and depression with a lot of dank kush. See, and like, this is where he was in his lane again. He should have just stuck to it. Yeah, because he's hardly on the song. <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's completely outshined <laughs> yeah. by, by Heim. And, you know, he's on the chorus and... uh he does a lot of like the background, like ad libs and stuff like that. And you know, he produced the track along with uh, Hit Boy. This is actually the only track on the album that had a co-producer. Interesting. Yeah, Hit Boy was on the production as well. But it's it's a great pop track. I, honestly, I do want to say is something that I've noticed. Now he might do it more now, but back then, it really goes to show that he his songs would have done well with female vocalists having guest spots on his songs, but something that he didn't really do a whole lot of, which I think that it, this track shows that he probably could do with some, with some more female vocalists. Yeah. With his and, stuff, And that they do, it does fit well. Yeah. And this is the only time he's ever collaborated with him. The shame cannot, cannot sing their, sing their praises enough. Uh, another story of wasted potential. But yeah, now we get into fucking mad solar. <laughs> This song's bad. God, this is bad. This is a terrible song. I've only listened to this song once all the way through, and I will never do it again. Yeah, this, same. This I, is, I skip it. I skipped it the next few times I listened to the. Yeah, to this the album. this is another like fuck the haters track, you know. Where, but you know, I will say the instrumental is cool. It's, it's very. Really, like, I do I enjoy it. It's very spacey. There's a lot of like squelching synths, and you know, Cuddy's like 
droning vocals. They they evoke this strong feeling of like floating through space, and I think that's cool. But the the lyrics are just awful, oh, man. man. And the delivery bad. of them, yeah, it becomes it just becomes a slog because you know at this point you've heard like five or six bad cutty vocal performances. He's going over a lot of the same song subjects that he's been going through for his entire career up to this point. And this is really where the album starts to drag. In my yeah, opinion, this middle part is oof, his, <laughs> it's rough vocal work from yeah. him. It's like Cuddy is good at, he's good on hooks. He's good at doing the whole melodic rap singing thing. And he's great at writing choruses. His production is f- phenomenal, but the rapping his, ain't their chief. His rapping is so mediocre to even abysmal at times. Uh, it's honestly, I honestly think that not maybe not for the whole thing, but for like Mad Solar, I think that if you gave us like us us three right now, you gave us like a month or two to like write better stuff, we could. We probably could have. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't. I will not say that for. And that, that is a that is a genuine truth. But we'll switch gears. We'll switch Bees, gears. Here, yeah. I think is a good track. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, Rizza drops some hate. No question. This is one of his best, like late career bars that he's ever dropped. Now the instrumentals aren't great, but I still like them. And even though Cuddy drops another turd burger on the song, Rizza pulls a Kendrick and hard carries this song on his back. He's dropping triple doubles out here, keeping this song afloat. <laughs> he, I mean, and then even the hook is not all that great. No. Them, them motherfucking bees. bees. It's like, okay. You know, like I get it, you know, like sting like a bee, you know. And then That's, there's the whole kill a bees thing that the Wu-Tang had yeah, that Riz yeah. is just carrying over. And I like that. And I like the imagery. And, but yeah, this is, this is the rare Indicate song where the verse is carrying the hook instead of the other way around. Oh yeah. Riz's verse is what saves the song for me. And it's, yeah. it's definitely a highlight, but yeah. great feature. Doesn't he literally do a buzzing ad lib at one point? Yeah, he does. He's like, Bzzz. and I'm like, dude, why is this in a professional song? They tried, man. Come on. <laughs> they wanted to evoke the feeling of getting stung by a bee. Look, yeah. kill, kill a bee's Riz is a hornet. Kill a bee's live in the place to be. I mean, Rizzo's a hornet ready to sting your fucking lip. And he did. And he stung it hard, man. It's hard. It's a top three song on this album for me. <laughs> Look. Yeah, it is. It is. I, maybe top four. Yeah, it's, it's an enjoy. It's a fun song. It's enjoyable. But like, don't take it seriously. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, man, the following track, Brothers, this is my favorite song in the album. Really? Yeah, I think it's, I think the beat is fire. It's so like easygoing and laid back and it's got this oh, nice yeah. like mm-hmm. low key synth line and some really yeah. bouncy oh, bass. Yeah, yeah. The uh, track, you know, details what the trio would do for their brothers and how much they mean to them. And I, I kind of, you know, I kind of fuck with that. You know, yeah. it's kind of like a, I, it, it is a variation on the whole like fuck the haters thing, but it's more like this is what I do for the people I care about. And fuck everyone else. And, you know, I, I, and I kind of appreciate that. I kind of relate with it. Also, like, ASAP Rocky fucking murders this beat, dude. Yeah, great, he, He's great the star of the show on this one. Mm-hmm. Listeners, are you noticing a trend? That- 
I, I, <laughs> if you haven't figured it out by now, yeah. uh, the features carry this album so hard that they've had to take five Advils and an Adderall to stay focused because they're losing focus from carrying it so much. Yes. They basically Indeed. have no spine anymore. This reminds me of... Dusty aspects. This reminds me of actually a John Cena lyric that would be apt for literally anyone but Kid Cudi to drop on any of these songs. And it goes, when I finish my rhymes, turn me off, or turn the rest of the song off. And that is applicable to any of these guests. Like, once they stop, you can turn the rest of the song off. Like yeah, it's basically. Done. Now, I will say, this is probably the best verse from Cuddy. Cuddy actually does show up on the song, I think. And uh, King Chip does a decent job, too. But, you know, ASAP Rocky blows them out of the water. Yeah. Like, it, it could have just been ASAP Rocky, and I would have been fine. Yeah, it's like a shark swimming around in a kiddie pool with, like, a couple of four-year-olds with floaties on. It's like, you know, <laughs> you know who's the king of this domain? Dude, you're killing me today. <laughs> I don't know. This album just invokes so much, not emotions, but just, like... What could have been? Yeah, it's just there's, just... so there's just so much there, because I know this could be my... It's like when I, it's like when I was growing up, and I saw... Star Wars A Phantom Menace, I was like, man, this could be one of my favorite movies of all time if that stupid kid and Jar Jar weren't a part of this movie. I would love this movie so much more. It's like, yeah. how'd you ruin, how'd you single-handedly crap on a movie with just two characters? Like, just, why? Cuddy is the Jar Jar Binks of Indie Cuddy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And it's sad because it is his album. That's the worst part? Yeah. Like, like him and Kanye, I've never seen someone... Self sabotage themselves so much. I mean, there's a difference between just being bad and just straight up bad, and you know what you're getting. But have just to have so much promise. Yeah, or like underutilized. Yeah, I I've never in my entire life seen or heard an album that has that the only good parts in it are entirely or almost entirely in spite of the artist creating the album. And that's why I find this album so fascinating because I personally cannot think, but I mean, I mean, there are some parallels with life of Pablo, but to this extreme, I cannot find like, can you think of any other album where if you took the vocals of the guy that made it out and replaced them with someone else, that it would be like an eight or a nine or a 10, because this is one of the only albums that I could think that I could think of. Jesus life of Pablo. Yeah. Uh, There's a couple, but I can't think of them off the top of my head. But yeah, it's not a it's not a common thing. This is a case where, you know, Kid Cudi should just it would be best if he just when he wants to make an album to stay in his lane, stick to what he's good at. But if he wants to do other things, he's just a producer. This is or he needs help from other artists. Yeah. Well, also going back to that's uh, it, like Jack White, when he experiments with something, he does not make a whole album out of it. He'll do like Heidi Ho, where it's one song. It's like, oh yeah, I'm going to delve into the rap for one song. So if it's bad, people so can say, the album was still overall good, you know, just skip. It's not like, wow, you literally wasted an entire album on this concept. Like, don't do that. And that's the thing, some artists do not get through their head. They want to experiment with a new sound and they... They unload. Flat on they face. unload the clip on a whole 
on a whole album and it's like man that is not the way to do it you just gotta you gotta ease into it and if you're trying new things you don't jump into the pool that's how you hit your head on the rocks and die yeah. you dip your toes in you wade into the water and then you swim but you know there are good examples of artists that have innovated and gone in a different direction and succeeded like david bowie yes i mean that that guy changes his style every album but it still all feels like bowie you know, I think he did a good job of balancing like the new ideas and new styles and executing them well while still innovating and experimenting and changing his sound. Yeah, but he, he still retained who he was. He still retained yeah. his sound. And that's, that's the secret. You've got to balance it. You can't just, like Garrett was saying, you can't just like dive into the pool. You have to wade in, and, but keep... What makes you, you? Well, it also worked in David Bowie's favor because from the get-go, he set expectations that he was not going to do one specific thing. That's true. So it's not like yeah, we got some true. David Bowie beforehand and then he did different stuff. He was genre skipping from the get-go. He knew what people, to, I mean, his... Even within his own albums. Yeah, his nickname was, was, uh, was the chameleon because he could do anything. Mm-hmm. And he made albums of just like any, any genre. So yeah. he set that those expectations from where it does become hard once you have several albums to do something different. Well, that's why I'm so impressed with like Brothers by the Black Keys because they were making the same sludgy garage blues rock like for like five six albums in a row, and then they drop Brothers, which is more you know has all these other elements. So I'm just like it's so hard once you get stuck in your in your ways in your to branch out. The mm-hmm. fact that they did that and and make a good album as they did, I find it to be impressive. Yeah, and I think the worst problem that Cuddy has is, you know, when he does, you know, dive in and dip into these waters, you realize that he's not very versatile or talented as an artist. Yeah. You know, like the ex- the ideas are there, the creativity is there, and the conviction to stay creatively diverse is there, but it just fails on execution. All right. Now the next track, burn baby burn. I actually want someone to pull up the lyrics that we can read from. All right. We have the lyrics pulled up here and I will read them out dramatically. The verse first verse of burn baby burn element of surprise. Such a spectacular thing. I cannot lie. So many things people want to limit you to be. I show you a glimmer inside the spectrum of the wizard. Well known as a getter and a brother with a plan. The negative that come out they mouth so sad. When I smash (laughs) what the smirk off they face. My bad. Who bad? I am. My dad raised one hell of a man. (laughs) Bro. At Stop. 11, I had to throw up on the pants. Still don't feel appreciated and not my own fam. All good. I'll be tucked away in them shadows. Working in sweats. Solve the riddle and soon I'm ready for battle. Bro, the throw up on the pants line is so out of nowhere. Because he's building up this tough guy vibe, this like ooh, go through vibe and he's all, man, I got... Man, it's like, oh, I'm going to war. Hold on, so let me throw on my pants right quick. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, let me get my, my Adidas sweats on real quick, bro. It just, it's so 
bad, which is ironic because I f- I know it is kind of repetitive. It's not really deep, but I just love the doo, 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 doo. I love the piano riff on that, and it's a great setup. And if he were to just be taken out and say like this would have been a perfect song for like a ra- a rapper like the RZA or someone that has hadn't done anything in a while to like just come back and like set a really like someone from just the Wu Tang Clan blow it out of the water yeah or like a rapper that hadn't really done anything in a while to just come and just drop some hard bars and then he the hook comes in where he's like you know doofly and noted I'm back that would have just been a great cap off this oh, song yeah. with just the hook and then the instrumental has a potential the potential to be great if someone were to come and just drop some heat on it, but his bars are next level bad. They're, they're egregious. This honestly, I'm hard pressed to find stuff. That's worse. I actually think Lord of sad and lonely is worse. Dude, his cadence on that song is awful. It's so oh bad. God. You know, like, won't you tell me who it is? The Supreme leader still underused. Like I'm not the human heater, you know, like, like this whole like pompous, like, yeah, da 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 da. He's like he's Combined like trying it. to do like the New York like boom bap, like rap flow and cadence, and it just dude, dude, it's not working. Oh. He is not good at it. Oh, the, yeah, the trio of Burn Baby Burn, Lord Lord of the Sad and Lonely, and Cold Blooded has some of the worst rap verses I've ever heard. <laughs> dude, they're pretty bad. <laughs> like, uh, you know, Cold Blooded. Uh, it's got a cool instrumental. Yeah, I think I, it at least. Yeah, has and a cool I love the hook. Yeah. I think the hook slaps. Yeah, the hook is good. You know, the bitch. You know, I'm cold. Yeah, I'm one cold blooded brother. Uh, oh, so cold. You know, he's yeah. kind of like he's like I, screaming it out. An, you know, another like, one that if someone would have were, in fact, I would love to see like if you guys like love to just mess around with like the people that do like the mashups. If someone wants to take like a push a T verse and like sub it in for. Kid Cudi and just post it and just see what it sounds like. I am very interested because I think that this song would just be killer if he was on this track. Oh yeah, instead, we, like with the same chorus. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it would fit. Mm. It'd fit well. Be tough, I'm a tough song. Ice but, cold blooded. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> want to give us some of those great just golden bars. Oh yeah, you know, just uh oh here's a here's a real stinker. Um, I'm about to rewire your whole fucking mainframe. Sick of the same thing. Lame old same thing. I got some bubonic you might want to mix with some whisk. I got a vendetta <laughs> with showing brothers that I feel way better. Feeling way worthless. The lost black sheep of of good music. Only good for a hook, huh? Let me show you the flows. And like the flow on this song is so bad. <laughs> he calls it out. It's like, oh my. The thing is, is like he's calling the shot and just... I mean, it doesn't even hit backboard. It's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like calling the timeout, going to going to the other team and said, "I got game," and then you just shoot it, and it, and it just airballs and like hits an old lady in the stands, like knocks around. Like it's just like so- he tried to boast and like flex on this one, and it just falls so flat. Oh my lord, I I've laughed so hard, I'm like physically sweating. <laughs> I and mean, there's like can't deny the mind of a Jedi. Like it's just like, <laughs> it's like if like a ner- man. It's, a, it's those dudes that walk around with fucking samurai swords and shit and yeah, post videos it, of it, them cutting watermelons. Yeah, it honestly like, feels like someone just. <laughs> it honestly feels like a nerd just got blazed. Played like a really good round of D and D where he just did his character did something really heroic. It was like, man, I'm gonna write a rap track about this. Like. <laughs> 
please don't. <laughs> like, <laughs> please. So bad. The place of like just faux confidence that this came from just is astounding. Dude, it's embarrassing, honestly. Man, I will <laughs> I will say that last string of tracks. It does do one thing. It makes me laugh my ass off. It 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 really does. Just at how like embarrassing some of these bars are. <laughs> yeah. And you know, we just get that lovely closer, you know, afterwards. Bring your friends. Now, this is where it's going to get contentious because I think this is... Now, now the length is terrible, is the worst part. There is no reason for this to be nine minutes. Yes, but I think that, as far as content-wise, eliminating that major... is a major problem, but eliminating that problem, I think this is a good song. I enjoy this track. I love Michael Bolton, and like I said before, Michael Bolton could sing... Um, all of my family members' names and their phone numbers to me out of the phone book, and I would just love it. While I agree about Michael Bolton, I disagree entirely on the content. Of the I song. think he is so awkwardly placed on the song. Yeah, like he does not work for an EDM track. No, at all. no, like it's... a party track. <laughs> this doesn't even work as a party track. Yeah, because it's just so not dark in... and like. I understand it's supposed to be like you know the after party, you know where where things get. Dark and and wild and crazy and there's uh, there's yeah, just no energy to it. Yeah, but the at con- all the, well, the way these in, this beat sound, it almost sounds like you're going to the after party and then everything hits in and then you just wake up and you're like, what just happened? Did something bad happen? Like I do not know. It's almost like okay, we're like you know she brought her friends, but like the story ends. Like what happened? Did they have a good time? Did like a vampire just like suck their blood and like kill them like did he lure them to the hat like what happened like we've got it like it just like ominous it's almost like ominous the way it just kind of like fades out and just goes on like way too long almost (laughs) it's just like um um kid kid cuddy um you okay bro hello it's just like someone it honestly feels like someone just you're tripping and it's like really starting to hit and then someone everyone just leaves you and you're just like just tripping balls alone in a room you're like oh my god kid kid cuddy you left me here and and i'm tripping balls like help I yeah I see that intention there like this was definitely meant to be like a like a psychedelic like wind down party track because you know this whole album is like one big party I feel like one big like one big party I do not want to go to smokes <laughs> dude you're so right it feels like one of those really like bad and awkward frat parties that you would see at like a big college you know there's a lot of drugs a lot of people smoking and on acid and they're all just like dancing to this hedonistic music and when like a stereotypical tv jock is describing like what do you like about college the most and he's telling you stuff like oh man we can drink until we throw up and give people noogies and he's describing all this stuff that he's describing it like is the best thing ever but then you're just like that's terrible like what you're describing to me is awful like i do not want it. so it's like it's good intentioned but like when you just look at it it's just like this is not this ain't it chief I understand that it's meant to be like, you know, uplifting, empowering, like stoner party anthems, but they don't even work most of the time on that front. Like every other feature outperforms him in every regard, almost, except for like Too Short and uh, Father John Minsky. See, I personally, I disagree just because like, even though it kind of doesn't fit, just like him being... Just Michael Bolton is just enough for me, enough for my soul. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a Michael Bol- Bolton nut hugger or something. But uh, like, uh, yes, simp. 
It's all yes. But also, <laughs> it's kind of like the fact that if like Eddie Van Halen just dropped like a killer solo in the middle of this track, like it wouldn't really. It's just so blase. It's just kind of like you can honestly just throw something that just don't even fit. Honestly, it's just that's the thing. If Michael Bolt wasn't on this track, this track would just be so bad and forgettable. But Michael, I don't think he fits here. I do not think he fits on this. Song. He doesn't, but it's better than. It's almost like it's better than nothing. I guess. I guess there's like, something there. It's like him giving that hook, and I can like, I remember that hook, and I sing it out. It's better than it just being that beat for nine minutes with Cuddy going, got some good times and I ain't gonna lie. You know, it's just like, there's nothing there. So at least there's something I can remember. If I could turn my brain off while listening to this, it would be fine. I do for the, I do all the time. And I think that that is why. I mean, that's kind that's of why point. you enjoy it more. That's why <laughs> I enjoy it a little bit more than all of you. Because like, oh, and it's also because some of these rap verses, his cadence is so bad. It all blends together. I couldn't really tell what he was saying. Until I looked at the lyrics, and then I was just kind of like, "Oh God, this like, is awful." <laughs> I was like, "Oh Lord!" Like I, like I played this in the car while people were around. <laughs> and you know, I was—I will say—you know—I was listening to this at work, and it was fine as like background music while I was, you know, doing my job. But when you start to pay attention to it, it just falls apart. Yeah, and that's the thing is—I've never listened to the song apart from when I've been like driving around, and I had like. Red Eye Brothers, uh, Solo Dolo Part Two come up in my regular like hip hop rotation. Yeah. So when I first picked this album, and of course, Cold, I knew of Cold Blooded, but all the other songs I didn't really know about. So with that kind of mixed bag, I was expecting to go. When I started this album, I was like, this is probably, given of what I've heard, it's probably going to be. A seven, maybe a seven and a half, at so, least decent, right? Yeah, no, <laughs> no. firm. Then, solid no. then you listen to the rest of the album, and and you're it, like, oh wait, it destroyed. However, every I, expectation. <laughs> yeah. However, I will say that it was going down. Then I considered it to to go to your guys's level. I was like, how do I really feel here? And then. I realized that what kind of tempered my final thoughts about it was the fact that critics really seem to give this album the absolute middle of the road. Like every critic oh, yeah. that reviewed this gave it like, if it was like out of a hundred, like 50, like in like the low 50, like just exactly the middle. Yeah. Like 50, 60% maybe. Yeah. And ironically they had the exact, even like the real, you know, haughty, very picky critics had Pretty much the same thing we were saying that that the instrumentals are brilliant and the guests shine, but you know it's him holding himself back pretty much. Yeah, exactly. So, what would you rate it? I mean, are you are you giving your final thoughts or? Um, we can. Oh, oh, we forgot about <laughs> we forgot about the closing track. The what? flight of the moon man. Yeah, the flight of the moon man. I didn't really care about it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty much like another instrumental interlude that's kind of the same. An underwhelming conclusion for an underwhelming album. I feel like honestly a mistake was made that they wanted afterwards to kind of be like that interlude and they made afterwards a little too long, but then they made that like closing track anyway. Yeah. Like it, it felt unnecessary. Like uh, afterwards really should have been the conclusion to this album. Like flight of the moon, man doesn't even really need to be here. It honestly feels like someone made a mistake. I it's so inconsequential. 
that I forgot about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You even named afterwards the last track, (laughs) the closing track. (laughs) Earlier. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) it's, It's easy to forget. I am... You have seen me literally forget song titles mere minutes after they were mentioned. While we have the track list up. While we are actively looking at the track list. There are so many throwaways on the show. Should I get into my final thoughts? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, man. So the way I digest music, the the onus that I put on instrumentals does in by nature raise this album up to me a little higher than you guys. I do not think it was a good album overall. However, I see the potential in it, and I see the fact that in its basic level, it did entertain me, oftentimes with how bad it was, which I can't say I can't say that about other bad things I've listened to, like 6 9 or like Machine Gun Kelly's new music. That stuff just is unforgettable. I do not want to listen to it. And it doesn't even really, it's not even bad enough. That just, it, it's, it's so bad. It offends me. It's not so bad. It makes me laugh. So I have to give Cuddy some credit for at least keeping me entertained and giving some hooks that I will remember, even if they're bad. So overall, I have to give this album a five straight in the middle. Just, the definition of mid. The, de- the absolute definition of mid. Um, the highlights were Red Eye Brothers, Solo Dolo Part 2, whereas Burn Baby Burn, Mad Solar, and Young Lady, some of the worst rapping I've ever heard. Awful. Yeah. Fair enough. James, what are your thoughts? You've been pretty quiet for a lot of this episode. Yeah, it's... This album, honestly, felt like a waste of my time. I did not like it at all. Lyrically, I, like I get it. You know, the fuck the haters, empowerment anthems. It's cool and all for maybe like one or two songs, but my God. When, you, when most of the album is like this, <laughs> like it just feels, it comes across as desperate. Like you're just like, oh, I'm awesome. I'm awesome. It's like you're trying to convince yourself. More than, you're not you're not even not only are you trying to convince other people you're trying to convince yourself, bro. He's got the mind of a Jedi. You yeah, stop like, being a hater. <laughs> you, you're what you're doing right now is you're making him fuck wittable, and he is obviously unfuckable. <laughs> See, this is what I'm talking about. It's just it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, man. And like, yeah, the the production, the beats and stuff. Instrumentally, it's really cool. It's got a lot of creative aspects to it. And the, f- the features are great, most of them. But my God, Kid, Kid Cudi himself, it just was not good, man. I'm sorry. Like, it was, I'm, re- on- I'm not sorry, honestly. It wasn't good. It was <sighs> derivative. Bad. It was, this is, this album to me demonstrates a complete and total lack of self awareness, introspection, and humility. I just cannot identify with it at all. Like, I get it. The chaotic, like, wild party fucking attitude. That's fun. That's cool and all. But, like, I don't give a fuck. It's not authentic. It's just superficial, surface-level bullshit. 
So this album, only because of the production and the features, this album gets a three from me, and it cannot go any higher. Scathing overall thoughts. But honestly, I don't feel much better about it. I'm going to be kind of the middle ground here, you know. IndyCut, it sees Kid Cudi trying to branch out sonically, lyrically, and, you know, by bringing brighter, you know, punchier and more uplifting stoner anthems to the table. The the stylistic changes are welcome, but the album fails to escape the shortcomings of Cudi himself. You know, despite the album having creative and interesting production, Cudi fails to deliver on every single front as a rapper and a singer. You know, his performances are mediocre to abysmal at best, even on the better tracks, and he's completely outshined by nearly every feature on the album. His vocal performances aren't great. The particularly sore standouts for me are, you know, Young Lady and, you know, that little string of tracks at the end, you know, uh, Cold Blooded, you know, Mr. Lonely, or what was it? I don't even remember. Lords of the Sad and Lonely. Lord of Sad and Lonely and Burn Baby Burn. Some of the most embarrassing bars I've heard in a while. And uh, it seems that when Cuddy is in the background on the album on tracks like Red Eye, Bees, Solo Dolo 2, it works better. Cuddy's strengths lie in writing catchy melodic hooks and putting together creative beats. And I think he needs to stay in that lane. I appreciate Cuddy's drive to keep being creative and change it up with each album, but oftentimes it falls sorely flat because of Cuddy's shortcomings as a rapper and a singer. Outside of his usual subject matters, you know, like depression and addiction and brushing off the haters, you know, Cuddy's lyrics bring very little substance to the album. And, you know, yeah, he can be relatable and his lyrics are well-intentioned, but outside of a few solid stoner anthems and party bangers, there isn't not much worth revisiting here. This is easily Cuddy's weakest album, and it is most certainly a tale of wasted potential. I feel if this was given to a better rapper, it would have been fantastic. And with all that, I'd give this a 4 out of 10. But with that being said, any final thoughts, guys? I'm good. All right. Well, this is Off The Key Podcast. I'm your host, Mac. And we're out of here. Thanks, guys. to you, you've just got to hear it for yourself yeah, exactly. how bad it is exactly like yeah. I think that was perfect that was a great actually yeah that was great <laughs> but anyway I'm gonna go ahead and Hey everybody Mac here and I just wanted to give a shout out to Lacrembo for the intro and outro music also check out our link tree for where to follow us We are on Instagram and Facebook and a variety of streaming platforms. And if you could give us a sub or a listen or even a follow, it'd be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. See you later.